Go with me to Colossians chapter one, little letter to the church in Colossae. Paul wrote these letters to churches that he loved, letters to churches that he had some interest in, that he had some skin in their game. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, these letters to churches. But the difference with Colossae was Paul didn't know any of these people. He'd never been there before. He didn't know any of them by face. He didn't know any of them by sight. All he knew was what he had heard about them. He says, he says, look, we always thank God the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray because we've heard about your faith in Christ Jesus. We've heard about what God is up to in your life, in your world, in your city. We've heard about the, about the place where God has stationed you to make a difference, to impact your world for Jesus. I love the little book of Colossians. I, I, I go there frequently. And in today's message, especially with verses 9 through 4, Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 14, Paul prays for the folks at the church in Colossae. And he shows us something about how to pray, how to pray for people that you love. And the thing that's so great about that, I was talking to a friend recently, and, and we, were just, we were just in a conversation. He says, can you, can you talk to me a little bit about prayer? Because, because sometimes, you know, something will come up and it'll be like, you know, I want you to pray this for my friend who's got cancer, or, or, or I want you to pray this for my friend who's struggling in their marriage, or I want you to pray this for my kid who's got this issue. And it's like, is God honestly waiting for my to-do list? Is God honestly sitting there and, and like, like God is somehow up in heaven saying, if I could just get three more people to ask this request, then, uh, then I'm going to go ahead and grant it. Is, is that really what moves the heart of God? And we got started talking about, about what prayer really is and how prayer really works. And this prayer that Paul prays for the folks in Colossae is one of the places where I go back to be grounded when, when I get distracted and start praying about the piddly stuff, when, when I get so focused on praying about, Lord, I got to pay this bill. Lord, uh, Lord, would you, would you just like change the doctor's mind when I go in for the diagnosis conversation? God, would you fix this? Would you repair that? Would you get me out of this mess? Right? And I can get my eyes so focused on the present moment, the immediate thing right in front of me that I sometimes forget the bigger picture of what God is at work to do in me and in the people that I love. And so I want to invite you into these couple of big ideas. And then when we come back, when Bryce leads us into an invitation time, a a time to come to the altar, uh, you'll have these questions in your mind. So question number one, what do you pray for? When you pray for the people that you love the most. I mean, I know you, I know you pray when, when you have somebody that you love who is sick. You pray for them to be better. I know that. But I, mean, but I mean, big picture. How do you pray? What do you pray when you pray for the people you love the most? What do you, what do you ask God for on their behalf? And if you really want to get focus on it, turn the coin, flip it around and say, what do you wish someone was praying for you? I mean, because... I would love for people to be able to pray that I would make it through the day, that, that, that I would be able to do the next right thing. I, I, I love it when people pray those kinds of things for me. But I, I remember when I was a kid, I came across that verse in the book of James when it says, if anybody lacks wisdom, they can ask God. And he won't be mad that you asked. 
And the kind of thing I love it when people pray for me and I pray it for myself, Lord, in Jesus' name, would you, would you just drop some wisdom in my life? Beyond just doing the next right thing, would you, would you help me know not only the what, but the why? Would you help me understand not, not only how, but, but give me the strength for it? What do you pray when you pray for the people you love the most? What do you wish someone was praying for you? And then, and then here's this part. What if you could have your eyes on the ultimate answer? Not just the immediate answer, right? You know, when Jesus taught us to pray, give us this day our daily bread, the idea for that was we're going to be praying that prayer every day. Because why? Because I'm going to get hungry every day, right? But beyond that, what if we could lift up our eyes? What if we could say, Lord, in Jesus' name, would you, would you help me interpret my journey through the big picture, the long lens. Would you, would you help me be able to interpret it that way? So I want us to look together, Colossians chapter one, beginning with verse nine, we're gonna read through verse 14 and, and we just put the whole thing up here so we can read it together. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we've not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience in giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he's rescued us from the dominion of darkness and he's brought us in into the kingdom of the son that he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Guys, it's a big picture prayer. It's a long look kind of prayer. It's the kind of prayer that I'm hoping people who love me are praying for me. And it's the kind of prayer that I love to pray for the people that I love the most. So I want us to just walk through it step by step, a little bit of a deep dive in this prayer. This is, not a, this is not a categorical answer to the question, how do you pray? But it is an example of how somebody who was really in tune with the move of the Spirit prayed for people that he really, really loved, even people that he had not met yet. All he knew about them was that God was at work in them. It is God who is at work in you, both to will and to do according to his good pleasure. So we'll start at verse nine. For this reason, because we know you, because we know what God is at work to do in you, because we've seen and heard, right? Seen and heard what God is up to in your life. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God, we continually ask God to fill you. Man, that's powerful. That's powerful. Instead of a one and done kind of prayer, right? Somebody will ask you sometimes, right, Jack? They'll ask you on the way out. They'll say, will you pray for me about this? Will you pray for my friend about that? And it's kind of a one and done prayer. Lord, in Jesus' name, would you do this? Okay. Filled my obligation. Did what I was supposed to do. I don't know how many of you have a prayer life like that. You know, you get up in the morning. You say, okay, it's my prayer time. Let me spend, you know, X number of minutes, whatever it is. One and done. Get it done. And yet there's a place where Paul says, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. He says, we, we continually pray. We, we, we've not stopped praying for you. Man, prayer takes on a whole different importance when you have kids, right? 
Because all of a sudden, you know the gravity. You know the weight of saying, you know what? I have this entrustment in my hands. I have this, I have this opportunity. Joe, you know what I'm talking about. When you say, there's, there's this, there are people who depend on me to go to God on their behalf. There are people who are looking to me to stay true and stay focused. And Paul says, for this reason, we continually pray. We have not stopped praying. And here's what we ask. Here's what we keep on asking God to do. We ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the spirit gives. Man, I want you to chew on that one for a minute. I love the fact that God says, if you lack wisdom, you can ask God for it. If you don't know the next right step, you can ask God for it. My friends in the recovery community, they have this little cliche, do the next right thing. The next right thing. Yeah? And there's this place in Psalm 119 where it talks about the word of God being a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And precious ones, if you've got a lamp at your feet, that's not high beams. That's just making sure that you don't trip over the next crack. That's making sure that you know where to put your next foot placement, right? Lord, in Jesus' name, could I just have wisdom enough today for today? Lord, would you give me that sense of your presence, that still small voice, that direction from you? This is the way. Walk you in it. I'm praying. We're asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. And it sounds like a very rational process, right? It sounds like a very rational process. Okay, let me weigh out the factors. Let me take in all the information. Let me apply a little wisdom, right? Not just learning, but applied wisdom. Just take some understanding. The next right steps. But anybody who's ever had a midlife career change knows that it takes more than simple rationality, right? Of course, of course you weigh out the pros and cons. Of course you do the math on it. Of course, of course you look at all the factors as best you can. And you try your best to understand what's going on, what God's at work to do. But at some point, Paul says, look, this is not just a thinking thing. This is a praying thing. And so in answer to my friend, he says, can we talk about prayer for a little bit? It's not just a thinking thing. Paul says, we continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. Not just wisdom and understanding that makes sense according to this world's processes. Not just what makes sense, but sometimes, maybe you've been at this place. In your walk with the Lord, maybe you've been at this place. In your walk with your family, where, where God calls you to do something that is beyond yourself. Anybody? Come on, show of hands, crowd participation. Has God ever called you beyond yourself? Because people say all the time, God will never give you more than you can take. Can I tell you something? That is baloney. God is very interested in giving you more than you can take. God is very interested in taking you to the limits of yourself and then pulling you out a little farther. You know why? Because God wants you to know that he can be trusted. And so you take all the wisdom and the understanding that you can get and use all the good sense that God gave you. And then you listen for the still small voice and the nudge from the Holy Spirit. 
You step out in faith and courage in all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. That's what I pray for people that I love the most. That's what I pray for people that I love the most. So much more than common sense, although some of the people I love have a dearth of common sense. But that's, that's a whole different sermon. Some of you aren't laughing because I'm talking about you. Anyway. But I want the people that I really love, the people that God has called out to have that boldness, that courage to say, yes, Lord. Man, I can't tell you how many times my prayer life sounds something like this. Lord, the answer is already yes. I just don't know what the question is. The answer is already yes. If you, if you show me, if you tell me, if you call me, I will step out, Lord. I, my, my heart commitment is to you. My answer is already yes, Lord, in Jesus' name. Show me the next right step. Give me that light to my feet, that lamp to my path, Lord, in Jesus' name. The wisdom and understanding the Spirit gives. So that, there's a so that. And I love this because we're not just here to be great saints. We're not just here to to somehow be pillars of virtue. There's a so that that comes with the life that God has called you to. So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord, please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. I was talking to some some friends. I I, I was telling Tabby earlier, I've actually preached the sermon about three times this week. And and I got the opportunity to to speak this to some, some moms the other day at our mops gathering and just said, you know what? I'm just praying for you that you could just live. So you could just live. Because some of you uh, are caught up in this existence, just sort of stumbling through life. I don't know if that's you, but I've known an awful lot of people who don't have a sense of direction, who don't have a sense of purpose, They're not living, they're existing, and they're just, life is happening to them instead of walking through life. And Paul says, look, I'm praying that you might live a life, live the life on purpose, worthy of the one who has called you, pleasing him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, because you want your life to count, right? You want your life to make a difference. You want your life to mean something. You want your journey on this planet to have made a difference. Paul says, look, I'm praying that God's going to give you wisdom and understanding through his spirit in order that you might live your life, not just let it happen, that you might live a life worthy of the calling that he's placed on you because God does have a purpose for your life, that you would live a life worthy of the calling and that your life is going to matter. It's going to make a difference. It's going to bear fruit in your family. It's going to bear fruit in the lives of the people that you love. It's going to bear fruit in the lives of the people that God has planted your life with. He says, I'm praying this for you. I'm praying this for you that you would be able to please him in every way, Please him by bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. Jesus said it. He said, look, it is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. It is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. Can I tell you what fruit that is? Because you may be tempted to think, well, you know, my life, what, what is that even going to mean? I mean, I have to accomplish certain things. I have to, I have to uh, stack up a certain amount of, of accomplishments, check some things off my to-do list. But when Paul was talking about a fruitful life, he was talking about things like love and joy and peace and gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness and self-control. He was talking about things that begin first in you 
that begin to then nourish the people around you so that you can become someone, someone that, that somebody walks up to your tree and takes a bite of the fruit that your life is bearing and says, I want some of this. I want to grow in some of this, that you may bear fruit, being strengthened, that you might bear fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, giving joyful thanks. You know the problem? You know the problem with being a Christian for a long time? Is that you have to at some point, you have to at some point say, you know what? This is not a sprint. This is a marathon. And it gets hard sometimes to keep putting the right foot in front of the other. But if you do it long enough, and I've got some friends who have been in Jesus a long time, and you begin to realize it's not a sprint or a marathon, it's a journey. It's a journey from where I once was to what God created me to be in the first place. And that journey that journey is going to require, just like Paul prays for the people that he loves, that journey is going to require strengthened according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience. And in the process, in the process, even when your life has a few things dropped in it that you would have never chosen, that you could look back with glorious thanks right? With joyful thanks to the Father and say, Lord, if not for what you had brought me through, I would not be the man that you've called me to be. If not for the things that I have learned, I would not be able to be the person that you've called me to be today. I know there are a lot of you who are going through some things in your life right now that you would not wish on your worst enemy. But trust me, there will come a day if it hasn't come already when you say, wait a minute, God, you're making investments in me. God, you're planting some things in me and the planting is painful. When the, when the, the flesh is torn open so that the seed can be planted, it's painful. Lord, but this planting of the Lord is bearing a fruit that I could never have asked or imagined. Patient, endurance, giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people. When I was making notes on my slides, I, I wrote this, that God has vetted me. God has, God has verified what he is at work to do in me. Sometimes I doubt what God is doing in me. Do you ever have that time? Do you ever have a time when you look at your own life and you say, oh, am I making this stuff up as I go along? What's going on here? But God has vetted you. God has sealed you to the day of redemption. God, has, God looks at you and he says, oh, that one's mine. That one's mine. I may look at myself in the mirror and think, I hear the voice of the enemy in my head saying, how dare you call yourself? How dare you imagine? But God looks at what he is at work to do in me. 
God looks at what he is at work to do in you and God says, you're mine. You're mine. You're on a journey with me and I am on this journey with you. The one who has qualified us, I love that, qualified us to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. I love it. I love it because he says he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. He has brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. I love it. He has rescued us. Do you need to be rescued? If you don't need to be rescued today, I can almost guarantee that you remember a time when you did need to be rescued. And if you don't need to be rescued today, I hate to say it, but I can almost guarantee you that there's going to come a time somewhere in the relatively near future when you're going to be crying out to God, Lord, in Jesus' name, throw me a rope. Lord, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I need your help. I need your guidance. I need the wisdom and understanding that only the Spirit can give. I need the endurance and patience. Lord, I want to live a life of joy. I just don't know how. Rescued, brought in. I love that idea of being brought in. You may be here this morning in the room, but not realize yet that you belong here. I just want you to know you're welcome. We want you here. We want you to put down some roots. We want you to take the risk to be real with a few other people. We want you to be able to give and receive grace with one another so that you can become more and more like Jesus. Rescued, brought in, forgiven, in whom we have redemption, forgiveness of sins, How do you pray for the people that you love? Because I know, I know that there are people in this room right now whose number one prayer, whenever you come to the altar, or even if you don't, your number one prayer is for somebody that matters so much to you. And you're just crying out, Lord, in Jesus' name, for my husband to fall deeply in love with you. Lord, in Jesus' name, for my wife to not give up on this life that you've given us together. Lord, in Jesus' name, for my son, for my son to find his faith in you, for my daughter, for my daughter to realize how loved she really is. You're praying desperately for the people that you love. When you pray for the people you love, what do you pray for them? I know, I know. Sometimes you pray pray for them to have the next tank of gas they need. But on a deeper level, you're praying the long prayer. You're taking the long look. God, what is it you're at work to do in the people that I love the most? What do you long for people to be praying for you? You you, you want people to be praying you out of this, this most recent mess you're in? Absolutely. But you're hoping the prayer goes much deeper than that, aren't you? You're hoping the prayer goes much longer than that. Because the ultimate goal, eyes up, right? The ultimate goal is to say, Lord, in Jesus' name, I want to know that I know that I'm yours. In Jesus' name, I want to walk in you. I want my life to be marked by you. 
I want to walk in your wisdom and your understanding. I want to walk in the endurance and the patience and the strength that only the Spirit can give. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me for a minute? Maybe you're praying your heart out for people you love. I want you to know that when Bryce leads us in this closing song here in a minute, I want you to know that if you want to find a place at this altar and just cry out to the Lord on behalf of someone you love, the altar is open for you to do exactly that. And Jason would pray with you. Jack would pray with you. My friend Jackie would pray with you. I would, we'll, we'll, we'll anoint you with oil if you'd like. We'll even take you through the water of baptism if that's your next step. But if you're praying... You're welcome at the altar. And maybe you that needs a fresh touch from the Lord, just like my friend Jessica was saying, I just want to tell my heart to tell my mind that I belong to Jesus. If that's where you are and you need a fresh moment with the Lord, you need a, a fresh touch from the Lord, man, we'd love to pray with you. Or you may want to grab somebody that you love here in the room and say, would you come pray with me? However, God, would you stand with me? However, God leads you, now's the time. And Lord, even as we stand, we stand in acknowledgement that you are God, and that your ways are higher than our ways, and your thoughts are higher than our thoughts, Lord, that you are God, and I am not, that it's not up to my best guess or, or, or my suggestion box to you in prayer, but Lord, that I am continually praying that I don't stop asking you to fill me, to fill us with wisdom and understanding, to fill us with your spirit, to fill us, Lord, with endurance and patience, to fill us with joy. Lord, in Jesus' name, I need you. We need you.